Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom Podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. This is Darla, and I am excited today to welcome my guest. Her name is Bonnie Wiscombe. She is a mother of nine children. You heard that right. She has four boys and five girls, and she lives in Arizona with her husband, Luke. She is passionate about inspiring women to find beauty and joy in life, and especially in motherhood. In fact, she runs a blog that's called Bonnie and Blythe, which are words for beauty and joy two things that she's seeking to find in the crazy chaos of raising nine kids. Bonnie also believes in being creative and shares the message that women are inherently creators and can find happiness through creating. She also has her own podcast. She's the co-host of Outnumbered the Podcast, and it's a podcast about motherhood that she hosts with her friend, who is also a mother of a large family. And I'm excited to dive in and talk to Bonnie about her motherhood story. So Bonnie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Darla. Thanks for having me. Really glad you're here. So I mentioned in the bio that you have nine kids. So I, I always want to know everybody's story. Like, did you start out saying, I want to have a big family? Was that intentional? Did it just kind of happen? You know, (laughs) it's a good question. As far as I can remember, I always wanted a big family, mostly because I had an aunt and uncle with nine kids. And every time we went to their house, it was the funnest time ever. It was always a party and chaos. And my house was very structured at home. Um, but I tell people that the funny part is that now that I'm an adult, I realize I actually really need structure. <laughs> so we're learning how to find the structure in this crazy chaos of having a bunch of kids around. That's awesome. So what do you do to to give that structure when it is kind of chaos? What are some of the things that you do? Oh, you know, really kids really, really do thrive on structure and on consistency. So we try to do, you know, as homeschoolers too, so there's so much that we can control. We can control what time we start school and what time we do meals for the most part and that sort of thing. So schedule is really huge. Um, Having some quiet time every day is huge for my sanity mostly. (laughs) Right. And then, um, yeah, just trying to keep things as orderly as possible. But that being said, my house looks like a tornado went through it, just like every mother's. So (laughs) a lot of it's just learning to let go. Yeah, totally. So what kind of reactions do you get from people when they find out that you have nine children or are you ever out with them and people are counting and Oh my gosh. Yes. My, my <laughs> oldest is 14 now and he has recently completely re- refused to go out in public with all, all of us. It's like, <laughs> I can just see it on their faces. They start nodding their heads as they're counting everybody and they start whispering to whoever they're with. And I'm like, I know son, it's all right. It's okay. It's a good practice in learning to not care what people think, but yeah, reactions are hilarious. Generally, I don't take everyone out anymore, you know, unless we're all out to pizza or something. But um, when I do have a handful of them at home, oftentimes I don't volunteer information that there are more at home because there's like this shock and awe reaction. And I'm like, I'm just trying to grocery shop here, people. (laughs) I got to go. But it's pretty comical to see the look on people's faces. So you have a 14 year old and then how old is your youngest? And my youngest is six months. Okay. Wow. So you have like the whole gamut. Do you have multiples in there? I do have one set of twins. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have everything going on. Like (laughs) seriously, from teenagers down to a baby, that's amazing. And you mentioned that you homeschool. Mm -hmm. So is this something that you've always done or was there something that led you to decide to homeschool? 
So we've almost, basically almost always homeschooled. My oldest, I did put in preschool and right about that time, I started getting really curious about homeschooling. And just as a preface, this was never something that I wanted to do or that I anticipated myself doing. I thought homeschooling was weird. I thought my kids would be socially awkward. I was like, no way, no way. And I never really seriously considered it, but I started meeting a few people. There were a couple of people in my ward that homeschooled and just kept popping up everywhere. And at first I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Tell me about it. And after I talked to a few people, all of a sudden my brain is like catching up with the spirit, right? And it's like, oh, you know, you're you're like looking into this because you're being prompted to look into it. And I'm like, whoa, and I start backpedaling. No, 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 no. I'm just curious. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that, you know, but here we are. <laughs> so that was when your your oldest was getting ready for kindergarten. Yeah. So he was about four at the time. Yeah. So you didn't know you were gonna have nine kids. <laughs> No, we, yeah, we expected a large family, but that was my other, you know, concern is like, how am I going to do this with a big family? That's impossible. Yeah. So, so how do you do it? Like, how do you meet the needs of the children individually? I mean, not only in homeschooling, but just, you know, the personal needs that they have when you have so many wanting your attention and needing so much from you. Yeah. You know, I I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I will say that you just have to be so flexible and so willing to let go of how you anticipated your family and your day and your, your trajectory of your life looking for so many years, I held on so tight to how I wanted things to be. And it, it was just too chaotic. And so I, I actually tease sometimes that the Lord inspired me to have a big family so that I could learn to let go and trust him more because I, there's just no way that you can do things your way with that much chaos going on. So, um, you know, every phase of life has looked so different. Uh, right now we've got some help in the form of a tutor and a nanny that comes part-time, but for many, many years, it was just me. And it was, it was very overwhelming and very, very difficult to make sure I was giving them what they needed from me. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned that you kind of had to learn to to let go and, you know, just to, to not have that control. Was there, was there any kind of like moment or like an experience that you can pinpoint where you just said, I got to let this go? Um, yeah, it might've been having a foster child at one point, which we did Oh my or gosh! having, or having twins <laughs> right about yeah. that. Okay. Like, you know, my first three kids, the twins were four and five and the first three kids I was, I was still really keeping everything tightly under my control and this is how things are going to be. And this is, and then we did this foster care experience and then we had the twins and all of a sudden it was like everything blew up in my face. And all of a sudden, all the things that I thought were under my control were no longer under my control. And there were a lot of heartfelt prayers and meltdowns from me as I realized, whoa, this parenting thing isn't going to look anything like I thought it was going to. And, and a lot of, a little bit of grieving too, when you think, oh, I'm not going to be able to spend all this one-on-one time with each kid. Like I thought, I'm not going to be able to do this amazing homeschooling curriculum that I thought was going to work out because life is going to be a lot harder than I anticipated, but you know, one day at a time. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So what kind of challenges have you faced and how, how have you used God to help you in those challenges? Well, just along the same vein, I would say probably my number one challenge has been to let go and and let God do things. Um, I will say that the homeschooling thing has probably been the biggest challenge because it was something that I didn't want initially and then was led to and realized that it was what the Lord wanted for me. But I'm really, really grateful that it was something I was inspired to do because if it had just been my decision, I either would have given up or just been so frustrated at myself in the years to come because it was so difficult. So instead, when I don't reach these goals that I'm hoping to do, or my kid's not reading by a certain time, or or life looks a lot, you know, our learning process looks a lot different than I expected, I just have to go to the Lord and say, this was not my idea. You know, this was 
your idea. And I know it's the right one, but I can't see it. I just can't see the end from the beginning right now. I need you to help me. I need you to give me the faith and the hope to get to where we're supposed to be because I just can't see it. And I know you can. So that has been probably the theme of my parenting. It's just, I'm here, I'll go, I'll do it, but you got to help me with, help me with the faith because I can't see where you're leading me. You know, it's probably going to be great, but I can't see it yet. So do you have a specific experience that you can pinpoint where you really felt like I'm letting go and I'm going to let God guide me? Specific experience is probably um, starting this new business I have right now. <laughs> I, I recently started a clothing business and this was something that I dreamed about for many, many years. Um, and I actually looked into starting it probably 10 years ago, but life was, I just had so many little kids at the time that I didn't think I could I could handle it. It just didn't feel like the right time. Last year, it started to feel, I started to feel inspired to do it again. And while I was excited, because like I said, it was one of my dreams at the same time, I was terrified. I thought, well, now I have twice as many children and you know, no time, no energy. How am I going to do this? And yet just each step of the way I have felt the Lord guiding me. And, and I've had friends go, why are you doing that? That's a terrible idea. You know that there's so much competition. There's, you know, all these things, all this opposition, but I just, I think that has been the biggest blessing to me as the Lord inspires me to do things is that he really, really gives me a knowledge without any doubt that this is something that he is guiding me in. Because without that, I just give up. I'd be like, well, this was a bad idea. Clearly it's too complicated. Clearly, clearly there's too much stress in my life. I can't do this thing. But you can't, I mean, there's only so many times you can say no to the Lord before, <laughs> you know, there's some negative consequences or you just realize that you're not going to reach your full potential without um, doing what he's inspired you to do. So that has been a really eye-opening and faith-strengthening experience for me. And and we're not done. We're still at the beginning stages. So we'll see where this leads us. Well, I think, I think that's a good example that when you feel called to do something, and so, you know, you've expressed that you feel called by God to start this business and this is what you feel led to do. It's, it's comforting because when those hard times come, which definitely starting a business, there's going to be a lot of hard times or anything that we're doing in life. We can go back and we can cling to that, that, okay, God told me to do this. So I can take another step and I can keep moving forward. Um, and, and he, you can continue to see his guidance. Yeah, I totally, I totally have seen that in my life too. So how do you avoid comparison in motherhood? Because we all, you know, it's around us everywhere mm -hmm. and we're comparing the number of kids we have or whether we traditional school or homeschool or, you know, whether we breastfeed or <laughs> bottle feed or, you know, all these things. How do you avoid that trap? Yeah. You know, in early motherhood years, I feel like it was a big, a big uh, challenge for me. And then I felt like I was getting to a good place in not comparing. And then Instagram showed up. Oh gosh. <laughs> and it's like started all over. <laughs> no. <laughs> But honestly, I think the best tool we can give ourselves to avoid that comparison trap is partnering with the Lord in our decisions. Because if the Lord is your partner, it doesn't matter what your life looks like, you know, it's the right one for you. You know, so there have been many times where I've looked at people who are educating their children more traditionally, like in a public or private school or people who, um, you know, whatever their life looks different from mine. And I, and I am sad or, or bitter about the fact that my life doesn't look like that. And, but I have to go back to, well, the Lord told me to do this. And so, you know, how can I, how can I be bitter when he's guiding me? I know it's going to be the best for us, even though it's so stinking hard right now. You know, sometimes I think if I had three kids. We could hop in the car and drive to Disneyland anytime we wanted. And, you know, we could go to the beach and we could stay in one hotel room and we could go out to eat every meal. And we could do all these amazing things. And then, I, you know, and then, of course, I look at my kids and go, oh, well, who would we let go of? 
know who would we be without. And so I, I just think that having the Lord as your partner in all the big decisions is the only way that you will be at peace with what your life looks like versus somebody else's. And again, always remembering that we have no idea what other people's lives are actually like. We only see what they want us to see. So yeah, that's, I think that's a key thing to getting on Instagram. You have to know that you're not seeing the full picture for sure. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's not, it's not there. And I love, I loved what you said about, you know, the best tool is just partnering with God, which is what my whole podcast is about. So okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. That's, that really is, you know, again, it gives us confidence. We can have confidence in our motherhood when we know this is what the Lord has asked me to do. And I'm just going to move forward in faith and I'm going to do it. You can have that confidence and not to say that you're not going to have moments where you're like freaking out or, you know, feeling the comparison or any of that, but Oh, I think overall we can have confidence when, when we know that he's guiding us. So I want to know with, with a large family, how do you feed yourself spiritually? How do you find time to be able to do that? Oh, it's such a challenge, isn't it? it <laughs> I well, just... I think it is for any mom, but <laughs> yeah, I, really I think is. you probably, ha- I mean, with that many kids, it's gotta be even more difficult. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend about this, that for so many years, I, I really expected and I clung to that expectation that my spiritual study and, you know, like you say, spiritual nourishment was going to look like it did when it, when I was in my twenties, when I had an hour to sit and read the scriptures and to study and cross-reference and all these wonderful things. Um, and when I finally let go of that and realized it's not going to look like that, it can't look like that. I never have silence in my house. How is it going to look like that? You know, um, that then I was able to find these alternative ways to study, um, you know, things like working on, uh, having more meaningful prayer because you can pray anytime and anywhere, no matter what the noise level is, right. Focusing on maybe listening to the scriptures, which for years, I don't know why, but for years I thought listening to the scriptures didn't count. I thought that if I wasn't reading them, it, I wasn't, you know, consuming them. And I thought that's silly. I can put my headphones in during carpool. I can listen to them when I'm folding laundry, whatever. I can listen to conference talks. And if I have a minute to sit down and jot down a note, that's great. Or sometimes I can just plug it in a note in my phone. And that's just as good as if I was sitting somewhere in quiet, you know, writing, obviously we have to try to make quiet if we can, but just to be flexible and realize that the Lord will continue to guide you. Even if you're not doing things the way the ultimate, you know, the ultimate ideal way. Yeah. I love that. Uh, One of the things I was thinking when you were talking was life is about seasons. Like, you know, this is where you're at right now. And you were at a different place in your twenties and you'll be at a different place in your fifties you know, or what, you know, as you, as we go through life, our seasons change and we can do different things. And so I think it's just giving, giving ourselves a break. Like I'm doing the best I can do. I love that you talked about listening to the scriptures because I used to be the exact same way. Like it does not count unless I am reading. And then last year when president Nelson asked us to read the book of Mormon by the end of the year, I was just in a crazy time. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but I started listening every day. And it was hugely impactful for me. And I would, the adversary would try to bring these doubts in like, oh, you're not reading it. It doesn't really count. You didn't really do the challenge, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no way I did it. it. It was a different way. And I turned around in January and read the Book of Mormon again. And I read it and, you know, it, it's just, it was a season of my life and that's what I needed to do. And it was totally fine. So I love that you're, you're finding alternatives and, you know, not saying this is how it has to look or else it doesn't count or 
doesn't mean anything. I, it, so much of motherhood is about expectations, right? <laughs> yes. We have, we have an informal, um, informal tagline for our podcast and it's lower your expectations. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's, that's really what we, what we have to do. And you know, it, that it doesn't have to be all this whole, you know, everything is perfect and you know, all the time. I love that. Lower your expectations. That right. is great. And, and that your best, your best will look sometimes so much worse than you anticipated. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of depressing, but seriously, we think of doing our best as running ourselves ragged. And sometimes our best is getting out of bed. Yeah. Like I had, I've had days where my best is opening my eyes and getting out of bed. And that's all I could handle that day. Or sometimes my best is feeding my children and maybe getting a shower. And sometimes we think, well, I clearly didn't do my best because I didn't get to any of these things I was supposed to do. And I did, you know, yelled at my kids. Sometimes that's your best, you know, and that's okay to have a little bit of grace with yourself and realize that you are doing the best that you possibly can in this crazy phase of life. Totally. And don't you think we're hard on ourselves? Like probably doing your best is you're probably doing better than you think you are. Yes. yes, Right. Like I heard, um, the cultivated, cultivated good life podcast with Becky Higgins and Becky Proudfit. And they were talking about, there was an episode they had with Jody Moore and they talked about, um, doing B minus work and that's okay. Like we don't always have to do a plus work. And I was like, amen. Yes. yes. It's we can, it can be B minus work and we can still serve our family and we can help others. And, you know, we can be a good disciple of Jesus Christ in that way. I mean, isn't that what he came for? Like he came to give us his grace so that we yeah. can be better. Yeah. And that grace completes where we fall short. Even if, you know, sometimes we'll barely fall short of the goal and sometimes we'll fall way short of the goal, but either way he completes it. It doesn't matter how far it is. That's exactly right. And, and I think understanding that in motherhood is so important because so many things are out of your control and you know, you're not going to be able to, like you said, you have to let go, right? What would you say to your younger self? So if you were just starting out in motherhood again and knowing what you know now, you know, what would you tell yourself? Oh, I just wish I could let my younger self listen to this podcast. (laughs) Like that it is okay if you're not doing all the things right now. Um, It is okay if your kid's education doesn't look anything like it looks right now. Um, That was something that was such a struggle for me for so long as I I tried to do, um, I could talk all day about homeschooling, but basically I tried to copy what kids do in public school at home. And little by little over the years, I realized that's not what homeschooling for is it is a different methodology that, that uh, delivers different results. And, and that's okay. But I just, I kind of pushed against these obstacles all day long over and over and over, not realizing that the obstacles were trying to mold me in a different way. (laughs) And I just kept going, no, this is the way I want it. This is the way I want it. This, you know, and I think that's just a life lesson for everyone, especially people with personalities like mine, which are you know, kind of type A, this is how I want things and don't want to let things go. But, but again, just to continue to listen to the spirit and to not ignore those little promptings, even if they seem difficult, you know, sometimes we we look at a decision and we think there's no way I can make that decision. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. It's not, it's going to be way too hard, but to just not ignore those promptings because the Lord has so many great plans for us. And and to mold us into someone that we never, ever thought we could be. It's amazing. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for talking to me today. This, this has been so great. And I do have one final question for you that I would love to hear your answer for. How have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? 
Um, I think, like I mentioned before, making those really hard decisions, a couple ways, actually making those hard decisions. I felt the, the Lord really gently guide me and put thoughts in my head that were not mine, which is just really inspiring to know that he is as concerned about our family as we are, even in the little teeny tiny details of our lives. Um, but also in learning to love my children unconditionally. I think every mother, every mother loves their child, but to learn to love them and see them as God does is something else. That is a step above what we mortals are capable of doing. You know, we have so many weaknesses and shortcomings. We, we see the shortcomings of other people and we, and we criticize them, but to be able to see your children as God does, it has been, I won't say I can all the time, but I've seen little glimpses and that has been one of the biggest blessings of my life. I love that. Oh, I love, that's a great way to end that we can we can see our kids the way God sees them and that we're their mothers for a reason, right? He knew yeah. that we would be equipped to give them what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.